Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Cash That podcast. This is your host, Joe Delera, and I am once again solo dolo. I feel like a single father a little bit. And, you know, I, I know that producer Corey, he's got he's got his obligations because he is also like a housewife right now. But I, I you know, sometimes I miss him. You know, he's my partner. It's good, dude miss that beautiful face on the zoom, even though you guys just hear him. But with that, obviously well wishes to Corey. Hope you come back real soon. But with that in mind, let's get back to the NBA playoffs. And we're going to be handing out our best bets for tomorrow's or for today's game five of the Eastern conference finals. I'm going to try to give you some look ahead stuff. Um, I'm recording Prior to game four of the Mavericks versus the Warriors, I envision this being a sweep, if like if not a gentleman's. Uh, so I'll get into that in a little bit later in the episode. But I'm going to hit you with my best bets for this game. And uh, it's game five against Boston, Miami, pivotal, tied 2-2. I like Boston to go over their team total of 102.5. Uh, I think it's a, I think it's a good angle. Um, I I saw Brandon Anderson on it, and it's something that I'm absolutely going to be playing. They are over in three or four games this series, and one of the un- and the under was by half a point. It was by the hook, and that was in the blowout. Uh, they're averaging 110 points per game on the series, 117 points on the road, and they've gone over this total in 12 of 15 playoff games. So I, I lean them on the win, and you know if they're going to win, they're probably going to go over here. And, you know, even if they lose, they still have a chance, uh, you know, Miami's they're you know, they're there. If the Miami's going to win, it's probably because they're putting up some points. Uh, and additionally, one of the other plays that I like here is I like Bam out of bio to go over two and a half assists. Uh, one of the things that I noticed in game three or game four, rather, which we'll talk about is, uh, the way that they're playing Robert with Robert Williams, they're able to kind of double roll with Bam on the hook on pick and rolls. And I think that if he's able, you know, if he watches some of the film here and makes a little bit of an adjustment, he's going to see that if he stops his role like a little bit short uh, as he's rolling into the basket, he's going to be able to get the ball in a better position and maybe in a position to pass to somebody else on either a backdoor on the baseline uh, or, you know, enforce Robert Williams to try to cover two guys or he's going to be able to kick out to the wing uh, because the 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 Celtics have been playing a little bit more drop with Robert Williams. So I think that's, that could be a pressure point. And I like this spot for Bam. He's also played better with Kyle Lowry and uh, you know, you're going to have a video out later, but he's really hit this two and a half assist line in 62% of games when he's played with Kyle Lowry and in four games against Boston this season with Lowry, he's had four, eight, six, and two. And the two was just in that blowout last game. And where he played 27 and a half minutes and, you know, he had two assists on six potentials. So this is a home game for Miami. And a lot of the times with role players, they tend to play better at home and not Bam Adebayo is obviously not a role player, but the guys that are some of the guys anyway, are guys that, that he's passing to are role players. So I expect him to be able to make those shots and maybe convert a little bit. So I like the two and a half and I, I maybe sprinkle a little bit of four there. So I like those plays. And if you join me on the just a victory lap a little bit, and we'll just leave this right into the series. You know, if you join me on that Jalen Brown, uh, not only Eastern Conference Finals MVP, which is going to be tough competition, but if you join me on the 
lead the series in points per game. He's leading the series currently. He's got 25. Tatum's averaging 24 and change. Uh, this is a little bit tougher of a series for Tatum than Brown. And, you know, Brown's had a bad game already. I, I expect him to bounce back. And his over two and a half threes line is definitely something that I would be looking to take. He hit that in six of seven games against the Miami Heat on the season. So that's kind of where I'm looking, uh, at least in terms of at least in terms of props, in terms of angles. I do like Boston. I think that this might be the last window where you can really buy Boston to win the title. And this is why. Um, if you look, Superbook posted some odds uh, a little while ago and really right before the conference finals. And in there, they talked about potential series prices. I'll leave out the, I'm going to leave out the Mavericks. I don't envision the Mavericks beating the Warriors. Uh, but for the record, the Mavericks are basically plus money against anybody. Significant dogs against the Celtics, roughly even against Miami. Um, the Celtics would be even money from Superbook. This is pre-conference finals. So there's obviously going to be some things that we'll talk about that would probably going to change that. Uh, but the Celtics were even money against the Warriors, who are minus 120. So relatively even series. And then Miami would be plus 170 to the Warriors minus 190. So the Warriors would be significant favorites against Miami. Now, if we look at the odds right now, what's interesting is obviously Miami is going to have has two potential, two more potential home games in this series. Uh, they have games five and seven. And if we look at the series price, Boston is still favored at minus 155 while Miami is plus 130. I think one of the things that's really interesting here is game five is basically a pick em. And if Boston wins, they're going to be in, like, they're going to be in great shape because you're going to get a closeout opportunity in Boston. If they lose, they have an opportunity to extend the series in Boston. So I struggle to see this series not going seven games. Uh, you know, like if if Miami is able to pull off a victory in game five. Now, I still think that Boston is better. I think that these two teams, there's actually a really interesting article that was put out on, I guess it was the like the NBA.com portion of for Miami, and it was called mirror's edge of the heat and Celtics defense couldn't be more similar. And that's making the offenses nearly unrecognizable by Cooper Moorhead. And I think it's a really interesting article because it's something we've talked about. It's like these teams are like exactly the same. They play like stifling defense. They play, they switch a lot. They have bigs that are dominant. They have uh, like one or two ball heavy or ball dominant players uh, and Jimmy Butler and Tatum and Brown. So it's really, it's really an interesting series. Um, that being said, I think that Boston is better. I think that Boston's ceiling is a little bit higher. And I'd be more, I think the issue with Miami is their offense concerns me because they're so reliant on Jimmy Butler. And, you know, with Tyler Hero taking on an injury and missing game four, you could really see that being a pressure point because Bam Adebayo doesn't make his own shot. Uh, Kyle Lowry, even though he's back, he's not, you know, he's not the same type of scorer that he used to be. Um, and then, you know, you have Jimmy Butler who's playing a little bit banged up. Whereas with the Celtics, obviously Tatum had a stinger in his shoulder, but he's not, he's more of a, he's, he's really more of a shooter. And like he, he got 11 drives in, he got 11 drives in game four, which was effective and important for pressuring the defense. 
uh, of Miami. But that's not if if he's not if his jumper is not falling, it's tough for him to drive. So I'm curious to see if he'll try to set that up a little bit more. And that's part of why we like Jalen Brown in the series. He can create his own shot. He can bang threes. Um, and I think it's just that the series just sets up a little bit better for Jalen Brown. Now, if we look against the Warriors, this becomes very interesting because I think the Bam Adebayo is a better fit defensively against Golden State than, say, Robert Williams. Uh, I think Bam can do a little bit more. I think he's a little bit more flexible in terms of what he provides on the defensive end, uh, especially since Golden State's generally a little bit undersized. And I think that, but, but I do think that both Bam and Robert Williams can outplay Kevon Looney, who has been critically important in this Maverick series. So it's important. It's good to see that they, the Warriors trust him and that he's getting good minutes. But I do think that, you know, Williams and Bam are better, obviously, than Kevon Looney. So looking at this Boston and looking at the Boston and Miami series, it's, it's really, it's really, it's, it's realistically, it's a tough series to cap, but the thing is, when Boston has been on, they're scoring, and there's and there's offense is still scoring even kind of when they lose. Uh, they're they're still putting up enough points. Miami, on the other hand, if their offense is failing, like they're in they're in big trouble. They're they're not, you know, they can win in a dirty fashion, but like they just don't have another guy. Like with Tyler being hurt, it really is putting a lot of pressure on guys like Max Struess. I mean, Victor Oladipo came out of the like out of the woodwork in Game Four. But if Victor Oladipo is leading your team in scoring, that is at this stage in his career and with his injuries and uh, in that situation, like you are not in a great spot. So, you know, that's that's definitely just not that's just not where you want to be. And if we look at the series as a whole, we're getting an opportunity to see that these teams are kind of throwing different looks at each other. And because of the way the injury reports have been, it's been hard to find continuity and saying like, all right, well, like this worked last game, maybe it will work again this next game. So one of those things, like I mentioned before, is how they're defending Bam Adebayo on pick and roll. Horford is winding up a little bit more underneath. He's, he's really defending the paint. Well, Horford is a freak right now in this series, and he's been incredible all postseason. So, they're really impacting Bam's ability to finish at the rim and like have effective roles, which is problematic for Miami when that's already, that's already taking up a lot of time on the shot clock. It's a look that is, would generally be a high percentage look and they're just not getting there. The thing that's even crazier about the series too, is that Boston's really dominated for the most part. Like, they have a plus 7.7 net rating on the series. Their score, their offensive rating is 115.8 compared to a defensive rating of 108.2. But Miami has pulled off multiple quarters in games where they they've just outscored dramatically outscored Boston in order to win in order to win those ball games. So I'm very curious to see how that kind of shakes out going forward. But one of the most important things for Boston is keeping Daniel Tice off the floor. The guy's been a dramatic negative. I forget the exact numbers, but he's like a minus 80 in the minutes that he's on the floor. And the Celtics are like plus 45 when he's off. So he, you, they're, they're losing those minutes badly 
And with Robert Williams playing, with Al Horford playing, hopefully Marcus Smart's back in game five, you can really, really limit those minutes and limit that exposure. So I, I think like if you're looking at this game, you look at the total and it's low, it's like 203.5, but I don't hate the under. But at the same time, I think that Boston can score enough that it could put that in danger. Um, just because I, I don't trust Miami to score on a fully healthy Boston defense because you're really losing some of those bad minutes from like Pritchard or Tice. Uh, and, you know, as, as good as Pritchard has been this series, he's, he's still a defensive liability. So that's, that's one of the other, that's one of the things. Another thing that Miami needs to do, and I'm going to be looking, I'm looking, I'm trying to figure out what, how exactly I want to bet it is with Robert Williams, they, they're playing a little bit more drop coverage, which, as you guys know, we've talked about this numerous times. And with drop coverage, you're really opening up the three-point ball. And one of the things is, like, Jimmy Butler is not a great three-point shooter. Like, he will do it. He will shoot the three. But that's just not – that's not really his M.O. He's more of a put the ball on the ground, shoulder down, drive to the hoop, take that mid-range jumper. And that's the thing. Drop opens up the three ball, but it also opens up those mid-range jumpers. Obviously, the mid-range jumpers are not the most like efficient shot, or so to speak. You don't get the most bang for your buck. But Butler is a great mid-range shooter, and if the mid-range shot's falling for him, then he is going to be an absolute problem to stop. The issue is he's been hurt, and he's scored eight points and six points in the last two games. So who are you getting this offense from? You really need Hero back in the lineup. And without him, I think that you hammer Boston in this game because there's just you're not getting enough offense otherwise. The other guy that I'm really curious to look at is Kyle Lowry. So I know he came back from injury and he's played the last two games against Boston. And in one game, he scored 11 points in the other game. And in the last game, he scored three points. What I'm curious about is he's his three-point line is actually set at one and a half. And there's a decent amount of juice at it. It's like minus 162 at FanDuel, and it is minus 155 at DraftKings. So I'm looking at it. He's gone over this in uh he's gone over this in three of seven playoff games, but on the season, he has actually hit this line at 63% of the time. So you're getting the, the, the fair odds are about minus 169. The thing is, I think they might need Lowry to make that shot, especially if Hero doesn't play. So I'm curious to see where this line moves or how it how it might move. Because with if the if Boston is gonna play drop, it's gonna give them the ability on the pick and roll to get a guard like Kyle Lowry, like Tyler Hero. They're gonna be able to take that open three. And that is a pressure point. It's something that Miami has to do in order to get into the interior of this Boston game. Like that's a pressure point that they need to capitalize on. So that's you're looking at guys like Kyle Lowry. You're looking at guys like Max Struess. Like you need them to make those shots. And over the last couple of games, you know, Struess made none. His three-point line is set at two and a half. Against Boston this season, he's cleared that in four of six games. Uh, but like last game, he shot four threes and made none of them. Kyle Lowry shot three threes, only made one. Um, you need these guys back in, in order to do this. And even Jimmy Butler, he took two after taking none in the previous game and he missed both. So you really need these guys like though, like, uh, Struce, Lowry, Hero, Vincent, like all of them need to be able to hit that three. 
If they, and if they're not hitting that three early, this is going to be bad because Boston is going to be able to run drop effectively. And by keeping, you know, by just running drop and like you're saying like, hey, like hit these shots. And if if they're not falling for Miami, they're going to be able to play that defensive scheme regardless of the personnel that's on the floor, even if Robert Williams isn't on the floor. Maybe they run out Horford at the five for a little bit. Maybe they run a little Grant Williams as a bit as like a four or so. So it's definitely a spot that is going to be a pressure point. And if Miami wants to win game five, they need to do that. Another thing that I thought was really interesting was how they were, how the Celtics were trying to get Jason Tatum the ball. Um, one of the things was he was not like, which is crazy is he has been like not the best three point shooter this series. Uh, the most he's made is four in one game, but he's made, he's made two, four, one, and one, uh, while taking nine, six and seven and seven attempts. So the attempts are there. They keep setting his line at three and a half. I, I, I kind of lean the under, I lean the under here. And part of the reason is this in game five in game four. What they did was they were running a lot of plays to Jason Tatum to get him open at the elbow. And I think that's number one, to put a pressure on Miami's zone because the elbow is generally like a weak point in a zone defense, uh, or at least the way that Miami's playing it. And it's also letting him create from the elbow. He can decide to pull up from the elbow and it's not off the dribble because he's not the most explosive guy. But by not having the ball already on the ground and having the ball in his hands with his dribble, he can either outsmart them, outmaneuver them, assess the defense from the elbow. But that's going to take away some three-point opportunities, I think. And it might set up some other guys like Jalen Brown. It also might set him up for some assists. So he's got, he's got six, five, four, and five assists this series. And, uh, you know, we've seen him go over his rebounds line now uh, in the last game. So it was set at six and a half and he went, he's got eight in the last game. But I, I think that it's going to set up some more two point opportunities for Tatum as opposed to three point opportunities. So that's something that I'm going to be watching. And I'm curious to see if that gets Tatum going or if he's used as more facilitator from the elbow and you get more you get a lot more from guys like Jalen Brown or Mark Smart. Um, but it might've, and, and, you know, even Al Horford or Grant Williams on the perimeter. So another guy that I'm looking at in terms of props is I'm looking at Grant Williams. His line was set at eight and a half last game. He literally made one shot. He was one for eight from the field and was four of four from the free throw line. Missed his prop. If they move that line lower, we are 110% taking it again. The guy's been dynamic. He can make threes. He is playing over 30 minutes a game. And he is somebody that helps Boston stretch the floor. He's not really a defensive liability due to his size. And it's it's definitely something that Miami is going to – that's a shot they want Boston to take despite how good Grant Williams has been in the playoffs. Um, if, we look at, if we look at what he's done during this series, um, he's – He's continued to be successful. Um, And if we really break it down, he's averaging 10.8 points, 3.8 rebounds, and one assist in the four games here. But he's got two games at seven, one game at 10, one game at 19, and he's played at least 32 minutes in all these games. So he's 100% somebody that I'm looking at. 
And I'm curious to see how he does. And I think that if we get a little bit of a depressed line due to both Robert Williams playing and Marcus Smart playing, if we, get a, if we have a healthy team, he's still going to see minutes. He's still going to see key rotation minutes. He's not somebody they want off the floor. So I'm going to be backing Grant Williams to put up some points in game five. Uh, he, I get like that you could say he's a role player, but on this Miami team, he's, I think he's a key – or on this Boston team, I think he's a key rotational piece. Looking at the Dallas Mavericks and Golden State Warriors, I'm just going to touch on this like very briefly because I really do think that this is going to be a sweep. The thing, the thing that's going on here is like Luka just can't do it all. And I think it's really impressive. And as a LeBron stand, you can kind of see how it, like, I think how crazy it was that LeBron was able to take some of the teams that he did to the finals because like this Mavericks team is not, is not very good. And you just see like Luca as good as he's been, the pressure that they're putting on him is just too much. He's able to get his and he puts up these stats, but he's not able to get the team to like fully improve. And Draymond Green talked about this on his podcast. And I thought this was really interesting because he talked about how LeBron, like Luca has similarities to LeBron. And the fact that he is like big, you, he, he, where he knows he's very smart. He gets to where he wants to get to on the floor. He's seen a lot of defenses. Obviously, he's not LeBron, but one of the big differences that he said was that LeBron will push in transition way more than Luka will. And I think that that's interesting because in this series, one of the things that Golden State does is they turn the ball over a lot. And Right now, during the series so far, prior to game four, they have a 15.3% turnover percentage. That's higher than their regular season mark. So the Mavs are doing a great job in that regard. Uh, the regular season mark was 15%. And that was the second worst in the NBA, with the only team worse being the Houston Rockets. But the thing is, because Luka doesn't push in transition, the Mavericks are not really able to convert these like easy steals or these good like offensive transition opportunities into points. So the Warriors like big flaw, which is turning the ball over is almost negated by the Maverick style of play and their reliance on that type of half court. Cause Luca plays at his own pace. You can't speed him up, but the problem is he also isn't really trying to speed you up. So when you have the Warriors, they're putting in this like constant moving, rotations, cutting, passing to generate these looks on offense. The Mavericks are playing like a six-man rotation. Bertans is unplayable at this point. So you can see these minutes and these miles really catching up, and they're not able to get those like good and easy looks. So if they're able to convert on those in game four, maybe we see a game five, but they're not, they're not securing rebounds. So they're not getting second chance opportunities there. They have an 18.2% offensive rebounding rate in the series, coupled with a 42.1% rebounding rate on the, on the series as a whole. And they're taking 52% of their shots from three point range, but they're only making about, you know, about 33% of them. So that's about one point per shot attempt, which is like, okay. In terms of offense, but not against the golden state warriors. So you, you can't, they're not getting enough opportunities. They're not getting enough second chance opportunities. And I, I really struggled to see this. I mean, obviously like, you know, the Warriors have that three, one history, but um, 
I, I just don't see the series going any longer. But the thing is, those turnovers against Miami and against Boston, that's going to be a problem for Golden State. So I'll be looking at that price and I'll be looking to see, you know, if, if the Golden State closes out in four or five and the other series and the Miami Boston series goes seven and there's a rest advantage, like a significant rest advantage, we'll be betting Golden State to win game one. But I might be looking at the other team, even if it is Miami, to lose game one and win the series because you're going to get a fat number if they're plus 190 against Golden State as it is. Lose game one, win the series, probably going to be like, I don't know, five to one, six to one, kind of like what we looked at last year with the Bucks and the Suns. Um, so that's where we are. Get a little bit of an update as we go. Um, obviously, firings takes out on the Twitter machine in the action app. But I, I'm really excited for these NBA finals. I think it's going to be a great, I think it's going to be great finals. And, you know, it sucks that on Thursday, we, maybe we just don't have any NBA basketball because the Warriors completed the sweep. So with that, let's take these picks. Let's take this analysis and let's cash that. Let's cash that.